I don't think anyone's coming with, it needs to be my idea or that person is the most creative person. Everyone's walking in with a shared vision of coming up with this together. What's up, John? Matthew. Sipping some espresso over there. That's right. John, you would not believe this. I just got a job at a really cool tech startup church in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. It's this new church. Nice. They've got this lobby. Actually, our office is the lobby. <laughs> and we just have ping pong tables and and like slip and slides and there's a swing set. <laughs> My desk is like over a pool table. Nice. Vending machines. It's a pretty amazing Instead of shirt. emails, you each have your own personal carrier pigeon. Yep, yep. It's That's amazing. It's very trendy and cool. I'm telling you, church culture, office culture is, is its like, own it's beast. It's everything now, yeah. Is it it's how you attract the church workers. What's been like your experience with like working at a church or office culture? So, yeah, it's funny. This episode, I love this guest. I want to get to know her more as like a creative, somebody who's worked on teams. She just seems like somebody who understands how to manage creatives. Which is not an easy job. That's not an easy job because we're so moody. <laughs> our strengths are often our weaknesses. She touches on so many things that I think are helpful to understand if you're kind of a lead pastor of a church and you want to hire a creative or you want to hire a worship leader. And this culture is changing so quickly. My experience, my first church job was shortly after college. I was essentially the number two at this church plant in Chicago called The Line. And we didn't have a building. We were renting. I I mean, at one point we rented a bar. At one point we rented a theater. At one point we rented a school, pretty much anywhere that we could find cheap rent. And so I didn't have an office. So I had to learn as a 23-year-old sort of how to self-manage my time. It wasn't, you know, I'm an only child. I kind of enjoy being by myself anyway. But I remember printing out a calendar and pretty much from like 7 a.m. to like 5 or 6 p.m. I had every every hour accounted for. And I was like, this is what I'm doing every single day. Um, and it was very overly ambitious. And I, I probably got like 85% of it done every day. But it was it was a lot. But the point being, there wasn't like an office culture and I did that for a few years, and then I was working at a jingle house, and there, we were at a studio, and it was super laid back. And then I started leading worship at a church in Chicago, and I was a contract guy, so I was my, my weeks were spent not in the office as well. So the office culture thing is, is like kind of an interesting topic for me, because I also, I've been at churches too, where other worship leaders are like, man, I just wish I didn't have to be in the office all the time. I waste so much time. And truth be told, if you're like a pastor listening to this and you don't know how your worship leader's time is being spent, part of that time is probably not (laughs) being spent doing what you think it's doing. Just because there's only so much time you can spend on planning center, planning the services. Totally. Unless there's like a defined role. It's like you are meeting with people. You are planning groups it's just it seems to be really easy yeah especially at mega churches to go in i mean i don't i again yeah, totally. i've never been there so i don't know this is just from conversations that like man i don't know what we're doing yeah when i was on staff at churches i remember being bored out of my mind because like yeah there, you can only spend so much time putting together a set list scheduling people in planning center making a schedule and so i do think there is some like time that is maybe uh not being used wisely but um I will say it's a, it is a complicated situation when you're hiring creatives because it does feel like you're like caging in a bird. 
Totally. And like these organizations are run by very type A people who are right. spreadsheet oriented, Google Sheet, you know, clock in, clock out, be at your desk at nine to five. And it's a little different for creatives. And I think, and she talks about this a little bit in the interview, that it actually should, it should look different for churches. Right. Who are doing, who the purpose is ministry and people. Totally, totally. Like when you're at your desk, you maybe are not spending time with people. Right. Which is... And there's a way to spend time with people that's actually working towards your goals and something that's working against your goals, which, yeah. again, that's very intuitive when you say it, but... Yep. Oh, so good. I know. I love this interview. It's so, so encouraging and challenging. And so I think this interview gives you a lot of inspiring thoughts of just how to lead a creative team. And if you're a pastor listening to this, how to lead your creative team well. So let's listen to this interview now. Sarah, welcome to the Luke Kennedy Podcast. Thank you. It's good to have you here. So great to be here. So you're the creative pastor at Soul City Church. I am. Soul City is near and dear to my heart. I went there for many years when I first moved to Chicago and loved it. Love what you guys are doing over there. I know you just built a new building too, which I've never seen. What? But you guys have like- You're so close. You got to come hang out. I don't know. You guys are like in the coolest area of all the city. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. We are. And it is a really- just incredible privilege to be a part of the staff. Jeannie and Jared are incredible leaders yeah. and give us so much vision and freedom. And it's it really is a, a blessing to be a part of it. It's pretty awesome. So yeah. it's yeah. good to have you here. Yeah. And we also have Chad Negley, who's hey, what's up, guys? Who's a worship leader <laughs> here in Chicago at Christ Church? Yeah, man, good friend of mine. And so we're gonna kind of just do this interview together and hang out and talk worship ministry. And so you're a creative pastor. What's like the most challenging aspect of being a creative pastor at a church? The thing that um, in the last few months or even this last season is finding the right things to say yes to, because working especially in our in our team, we have a plethora of ideas at any moment in time that we could move on and we could go on. And at the same time, we get very tired with our ideas very quickly. So we might hate our idea two weeks later but we've already started working we've on committed. it. Yeah. So how do we say yes to the right things? How do we hold yeah. strongly and stay the course to finish the idea that we've started? Um, Have you ever reversed on an idea? Idea Like you've already gotten two weeks down working on it. You're just like, this isn't working. Let's just cut it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Easter 2019. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a recent one. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got to dress rehearsal and we played a video and a song and went, this is not... Right. Working with the message. It's just not flowing. And did everybody agree? Because I would imagine yeah. that would also be a hard thing is like, what if yeah, you what if your think team's that? divided on it. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it was clear to everybody in the room at that point that it, it a shift needed to be made. And I think the just the relational cushion, I yeah. don't know, that we have and that we've built up into kind of that moment. For that it was. Kind of that's a great word for it. It, it was a shock absorber for that. And um, it was also a shared knowledge of, hey, our vision for Soul City at Soul City and the mission is leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And our creative team's goal and mission is creating moments that lead to movement with Jesus. And so I think keeping that in mind that, hey, our our goal is to create a moment that's going to lead to movement with Jesus. And if whatever we have in Planning Center isn't going to do that, then the shift needs to be made. And I think we have such an amazing team that we're all like, yeah, whatever it's going to take to do that. So we shifted. And 
Easter was amazing. It was great. And it was very spirit filled. And it was what people needed. But it took us recognizing that and making that shift and coming back to going, hey, yes, a video was shot and edited and took a lot of time and effort. And we have all the lighting programmed. But if it's not going to lead to that right moment, then it's not right. Yeah. So that's a good lesson right there is having a shared vision or mission. I think, you know, when everybody understands the why, like, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's the focus? Because then once everybody knows that, then everybody can filter everybody's, you know, their feelings and emotions and decisions through that, Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is important. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about creative ideas and some ideas work and some ideas don't, there's tons of collaboration in that. Yeah. How do you guys handle the collaborative process? Like, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way with your team that to someone listening now would be like, hmm, I could could implement that idea into our creative process and that might help generate more ideas. What, What are some of the things you guys do? Um, I would say the idea that you're going to have a meeting with 10 to 12 people um, over a series and bring in a bunch of different creatives and have a big brainstorming meeting, put a ton of ideas on the wall, and that you're going to get what you need um, from that, at least for us, those days are, are over. Because what we found is the collaboration in that format um, was frustrating to the staff and the volunteers because we were coming up with a bunch of ideas that we never actually implemented and that weren't close enough to the vision of where we were going. So what we've found to work for us is four to five people that know each other well and then usually, usually bringing in like one or sometimes two outliers that are creative in, in a different way that could maybe stir things up a bit. That may or may not be on your staff. Absolutely. And they're yeah. just kind of invited And those in. four to five people may not. They might be a contractor. They might be somebody yeah. that we just know that we have a good relationship with. But having that, the camaraderie and the the safe place of knowing each other yeah. um, and taking creative risks together already helps. Um, also, not making collaboration have to be a meeting. It, I think we need to get out of um, That's huge. it being a meeting. It's got to yeah. be collaboration needs to be a way of how you do ministry and the, it needs to be built into the culture. So any project we're working on at Soul City most likely has been put in front of multiple creatives that are not on staff before it ever actually goes out. It becomes a project. Yeah. yeah. I'll just say, what was the impetus behind having it be 10 or 12 people and it feel like a meeting like why were you there like i guess i'm saying is there are probably teams out there that say well we need to get this staff member and this staff member and this staff member in and on a meeting so we can collaborate and come up with ideas yeah and you're saying that that idea is done with you guys right yeah i think what people do is they want to get buy-in from all those people yeah and so they think let's get everyone in the room and give them an equal voice in the creation of it and that isn't the best way to do it. You can get buy-in from people in different ways, but having everyone trying to come up with that idea. I have four different categories of creatives that we can talk about in in a different thing. But um, (laughs) I believe there's dreamers, there's executors, there's collaborators, and there's geniuses. And if you use them all at the same time to do the same thing, you will fail. And then there's a lot of times that we want to get collaboration with other ministry leaders or people that sign off on the budget. And we think, hey, let's just put them all in a room. Yes. Well, that's like Hunger Games. I mean, that's not like a, 
you know, that's not actually going to come up with the best idea for that moment. So find the people that are going to come up with the best idea and then use what the world does with marketing all the time. Do a sales pitch. Convince the other people that this is what they cannot say no to because it's so engaging and show them why, you know, it has their brand or their vision or their ministry in mind and meet with them on the front end even before the meeting to say hey what are your goals what is your vision what do you hope to accomplish so your collaborative meetings are are not necessarily idea generators they're more like let's bring all the ideas to the table and pitch all these ideas to the rest of the teammates is that what i'm hearing you say no um our collaborative meetings would be um sometimes around a series okay sometimes around an event um, but what I'm doing is bringing those dreamers together, but those dreamers aren't going to be the ones that are going to always execute it. Yeah. So a lot of times our ministry leaders are the ones that are going to go out and execute it, right? But you want to get their buy-in too. So what am I going to do? I'm going to meet with the ministry leaders ahead of time. I'm going to say, hey, what is your goal for Easter? Like. Soul City Kids, what do you want to have happen at Easter? Now, I don't actually need them to be the one to come up with what the design of the graphic looks like. That's not going to be helpful. You know, sometimes it would be actually. I mean, some of them are very creative, but let's find out what their desires and, and dreams are first. Take that into consideration and then go into the creative space figure out what those things are, and then come back to them. So, so many times we think it all has to be done in this one and a half hour time yeah. frame. And we come out of there feeling like we got nothing. Well, especially for churches who probably don't have the benefit of a full staff, right? Absolutely. And multiple departments. That collaborative process is probably going to involve going after dreamers who may not even be in the building. Absolutely. Right. Right? So are you meeting with them <laughs> over coffee? Or like, how yeah. are you getting yeah. those people involved? You're hosting like a creative meeting they all come to, or yeah. you're doing this like one-on-one? Yeah. So yeah, both. So, yeah, both. <laughs> so our, our team lives in, in a wow. collaboration mode. Like it's just known that you better be meeting with people. So Patrick is our worship pastor and he will, he often um, is at coffee with people. And I, my hope is that he's not at his desk. You know, when people are like, well, why isn't so-and-so at their desk? Well, there's a good amount of people that if they're at their desk, that means they aren't doing what they should be doing, which is meeting with people. So um, if I ever hear so-and-so is not, I'm like, good. I'm glad they're not sitting at a desk because that's not where it's going to be most helpful. Um, So he's out collaborating with musicians and learning their stories and mentoring other people um, and writing. He has a lot of writing that he's doing and collaborating in those ways. Laz, our tech director, same thing. He's out in the spaces where people are. We have a guy that works for Apple and Google. He will go and spend time with them there in their spaces and talk with them. And then we have, um, there's a guy, John Jorgensen, very talented guy that is a part of our ministry. He will come and just hang at our offices with us and we'll be able to, you know, just kick around ideas. Fabi, our communications director, she's incredible at this. I don't know anyone else that has done this, but she's actually gotten multiple marketing people to come and work out of our building on Wednesdays so that she can just put ideas past them all day long. And that becomes a collaboration day for our marketing and for our advertising. And she does that by saying, hey, come work out of the space and then let's meet. And so the collaboration is always happening. So then when there is an event or when there is something, the people are within the reach already. It's not thinking, oh gosh, 
Wow. Who are we going to call? It's almost like the mechanism is don't try to come up with ideas in your office. Like if I'm at a church, if I'm at a church of like 500 people and I've got mostly a volunteer worship team and there's a few staff members that work around me in other departments of the church, like my collaborative process has to get outside of my office. It can't be inside my office. Absolutely. Because I mean, the reality is say you have those three people in your office or say it's just you. So you're listening and you're like, it's just me. There's only so many ideas really. And you're going to get drained and i don't think anyone wants to I, a lot of times people are like oh we don't want to copy of course you don't but what's going to be the default yep. if you don't have those other people so i'd say always be looking for somebody who's ahead of you in what you do and they do not have to be in your building in fact i would say don't have them in your building get yep. somebody out of state that you call on the phone that does what you do that's been doing it 10 years longer than you yep. um, somebody that's in the same place that you are now and then somebody that's behind you that you're mentoring and that's younger than you and then make sure that you're in contact with people that think completely differently than you do too it's great wow this is good because i feel like this is a different this is a paradigm shift i think for a lot of churches because i think that there's gonna be a temptation for churches to be like hey we got to make sure all of our people are working so like they want them at their desks which is a very different thing than what you just said you know they need to be at their desks and also it's like we need to have a meeting and it's constant like okay, we're going to have a big brainstorming meeting. We're going to put candy on the table and do this. Well, I do want to make sure that I say this because my team would be very disappointed yes. if I didn't say this. You have to feed creatives well. Okay, so you do have to feed <laughs> well them. Well and important. often. Yeah, right. yeah. Feeding them is very important. And I'm guessing, do you ever do a me- meeting like that still? Yeah, there's okay, definitely do. times. Right. It's not that we do, but that's for special things. Yeah. And like yeah. whether it's... The opening of our building or and those things work but like we've gotten to a place where if you think that the creative bar and the need for the same thing every week like if we put the same amount of energy there's 52 weeks in the year plus all of the special events you're going to kill your people, not just burn them out. You're going to kill them. They're not going to last. No wonder it's a year and a half, right? So mm-hmm. what we look at is like a creative rhythm. Like, hey, we're going to talk about what we want to see happen in our church right now. Like something that we're really talking about right now is a Holy Spirit dependence. So rather than going after what is the super crazy video idea that's going to set up this thing, We're going after, hey, how can we shift our church to be Holy Spirit dependent? How can we be doing that internally in our hearts? And then through the series or through other things that are coming up, yes, of course, there's this, there's a great story that's coming up or of course, but I'm trying to get us outside of just the, okay, so the next series is this. The next thing is that there's so much more that can be done creatively. Like we have a, a mission of church is better seven days a week than just one. Seven is greater than one. Well, shouldn't that be for how we're doing everything? Like if we're just creatively planning for that one day, then what? Only for those, the people that show up that week, right? So then what what happens the wow. rest of the time? That's enough to think about for a while. And it again, that's just, mind. that's what works for us. I don't, right. I mean, there's places that 
I could learn from and that our team could learn from that do it a totally different way. But um, we've learned the pitch meeting idea for our creative team for special events. Um, We plan for Easter, Christmas, anniversary. Our anniversary is a a big... like church anniversary. Yeah, our church anniversary is a big deal for us. So we plan in that way for that. I like this idea of the pitch meetings. Explain how that works. Do you guys group up into teams and you're like, okay, you guys need to bring an idea. Like, so you set a date for a pitch Yeah. So what we'll do is our creative team will individually be praying and thinking through what God's calling us to. And we'll come, we just did it. We had one for Christmas a couple weeks ago. Um, And so we think through, hey, what is it that we feel God is saying and doing? What we always talk about markers, like what are the markers that we want people to feel and experience? So we want there to be laughter. We want there to be a moment of awe. We want tradition. Like, and we put those up on the wall. And then we, we just ask, hey, where God, where's God leading us? And we come up with different themes and things like that toss them around. Um, We don't come up with, that's the other thing that we don't try to do. I don't try to come up with the theme, the feel, and the service elements all at the same time. Creativity needs to simmer. And when you try to make a decision on all of it right away, um, you actually can decide your way out of the best idea. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a huge trap. Tell me why you think that. Yeah, well, because you start to process and implement before the creative idea ever actually like fleshed itself out. Exactly. And so you actually end up missing the gold. Like, yep. like you have this great idea, but the reason it's a great idea is because there's something just beneath the surface that you haven't found yet. And if you don't give that time to go after that, that piece addressed underneath the surface and you process your way out of it, you completely miss it. Right. And that's been a learning for me. I, I like to check the boxes and like to put things in and move on to the next thing. And I think God has really given us a, an amazing team for such a time as this that they've really taught me a lot of, about that too. Patrick is really great at like, and Jarrett too, both of them of like, yeah, let's let's think on that um, and let's, let's see how we feel about that next week. And so... Um, I think a shared vision, once you do come up with that, so you were asking, like, how does a pitch meeting come? Well, then our team will come up with, okay, this is where we're really feeling. And for a lot of senior pastors or executive teams that you might be pitching to, tangible things that they can see and feel and understand are super important. So just trying to tell them something or sending them an email, that's not going to be helpful. So what we try to do is it won't be the final graphic. It won't be the final things, but almost like a Pinterest board. Here's some of the looks that we want in color and design. Soul City is very different than um, any other place that I've worked at. If we don't know the color scheme and the feel and the look of it, it's actually really difficult for us to tell you what's going to happen in the gathering. So that part of the whole feel and aesthetic of stuff is that important to us. And that's our whole team. And we figure that out and then we can go, okay, now that we know what we're inviting people into, what are we going to feed them? You know, And so then we figure, we don't even figure out all of the service elements when we do the pitch meeting yet. We save that. That comes later. That comes later. So the pitch meeting is to um, Jeannie and Jerry. And rather than just a pitch meeting, it's almost to ourselves too. So we come to and give buy to in. give ourselves buy-in. Yeah. I call it a pitch meeting. They, the whole team doesn't always like that phrase, but it really is to get us to be really solid on our idea 
so that when we present it to Jeannie and Jarrett and then they give their feedback, then we all have a shared vision. And that shared vision is so important. And it could be, hey, we have one word that we're going after. This is the scripture that we're going after. It doesn't have to be a ton. You don't have to have a ton to move forward. But unless you have that shared vision um, between the pastor, the worship leader, the communications department, I've been, we can have a whole nother talk about how a lot of places have communications and creative separate. I don't know how they do that um, because it's so important that it all be flowing from the same place. I know what happens. It comes out on a piece of paper with papyrus font. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It does. Uh Sometimes curls around Christmas time. Curls might might come up. Yeah. So who are these people on your team? Not the people, but like the roles. When you say like, I'm leading the creative team. Is it a worship pastor and a graphic designer and a video editor? and? Yeah. And here's the great thing, and I'm sure you all know this too, being creatives yourself. Like, Patrick is our worship pastor, but Patrick is one of the most creative beings I've ever been around. So he he loves to think what the lights are going to look like and what, uh, you know, what the feel of things are. So he doesn't just think... Worship. When we come in that meeting, we're thinking of everything together. Talk about collaboration. It's not just coming in wearing your one hat. And so Fabi, who's our communications director, she's actually one of our worship leaders too. So she's thinking in both realms as well. Laz is our tech director. He's an incredible bass player and used to be the lead singer in a really hard rock metal band which i you know is super fun for all (laughs) of us it's very cool um josh he's our um, video visual director he's a bass player and comes with a musician's mind too Jarrett's very very creative so is Jeannie. so so when you put everybody in in the room i i have a worship leading background but i don't think anyone's coming with it needs to be my idea or that person is the most creative person. Everyone's walking in with a shared vision of coming up with this together. So it's one thing to come up with a ton of ideas and to give space to the creatives. And then it's a whole other thing to actually execute Mm -hmm. on those ideas. So I'm a weird mixture of like creative and very like process Mm -hmm. type A. It's really a weird mixture. Oh, I hear you. Um, I love that mixture. Are you like that too? Yeah, I am. So I am always curious about processes and like tools and mechanisms of like, how are you then executing on these creative ideas? Because they have to get done. How are you actually like organizing them and making sure that they get done? Yeah, a lot of trusting in the spirit and praying and asking God, (laughs) dear Lord, help us. Um, No, I mean, intangible tools. I mean, that's a lot of people ask like, what are you guys using? I mean, if you're not using Planning Center, and you're out there and you're still like trying to word doc your way through life, stop right now. Don't listen (laughs) to anything else we say. But um, we use Planning Center, we use Google Docs. We are going into the Asana and Slack world, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, We use in a common language, um, red, yellow, green. So we'll go through all the details and each person will report on what they are supposed to do. We'll put dates to things. So I think there's What's red, yellow, green, red, yellow, green. Um, thank you for asking. Hey, red is I haven't started it. We're not even close to being done. I don't know what's going on with that yet. Yellow is it's been started. We're in the process, but it's not completed. And green is check the box on to the next thing. And so um, I think with creatives too, that at least with us, that language works well. And it's clear. Yeah. Has it been started? 
has it is it done you know <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah, pretty basic it's pretty basic but it's super helpful and it has colors which and it has colors, colors yes exactly so we use that kind of language in in what we're doing too another language and we use this with our whole staff um, which is really really helpful it's clean agreements so um, we try and I can't say we always do this but we feel the pains of it when we don't um, a clean agreement okay who's gonna do what by when okay so who's whose job is it to get there's some XYZ yeah who's calling the person that we're renting the camera equipment from who's you know and just making sure that everybody knows who's doing what I would say there's a ton of collaboration on our team but in the same way there's a ton of responsibility too so each person knows hey worship is on pat we all can speak into it but at the end of the day He's going to get the musician. He's, he's the one that's got to do it. Yeah. yeah. So Fabi knows that communications, we're all going to collaborate on it, but she knows that it's hers at the end of the day. And so I think if there's questions of if those things are going to get done, it's not a project problem. It's a people problem. And so that's what I would say. If there's, there's a lot of things that are getting missed in that, then now I would say that you need to look at that at the front end, like hire people that you're confident are going to get the stuff done and then use whatever system works for them. And sometimes it's different systems for different people. I know I have to check in on some things with a volunteer right. in a different way than I'm gonna check in with other people. So is that helpful? Yeah, I don't know, great. it that's might really be good. too confusing. So, mm-hmm. Sarah, I gotta thank you for joining us on this podcast. Yeah. Honestly, you've brought some thoughts that have like completely blown my mind. And uh, I, uh, I feel like we could sit here and talk for another hour. <laughs> Let's do it. Fortunately, we can't. I want you to come and lead our next creative meeting. Although we're not going to have a meeting. I guess we'll have to come <laughs> no. up with some other... No, we're not going to have a meeting. We're just going to hang meeting. out. Yeah, just be a hangout. Uh, one last thing. If you're not hanging out as much as you're meeting, the collaboration will not be happening. Boom. Podcast number four. Yeah. <laughs> so expand so on hanging out. What does that look like sometimes? Uh, I don't know. Going to Maggie Daly Park and making your team go down the slides we've done that we go and have lunch we walk to have coffee mm. there's so many having them over for barbecue doing doing life together caring about them outside of the thing that's on a piece of paper and you're saying collaboration goes up when the hangout goes up yeah they have to be equal yeah in, in creativity, the trust is built with the, the, the relational equity is equal to the collaboration. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. We could talk for sure for another hour about this. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of what, what you guys are doing at Soul City. And yeah. Thanks. You guys are super smart too, so I'd love to learn more about what you guys know as well. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. That interview, wow. I mean, let's just start with where she ended. That feels, again, intuitively true. She says, if you're not hanging out as much as you're meeting, then collaboration is going to be thwarted or something. I forget. Right. But just that idea that creatives crave personal relationship as mm-hmm. much as they crave executing beautiful things. Yeah. Which is not something you think of when you think of a creative or a music person or a worship worship guy or girl. Yeah, you think they want to hide out and be exactly. alone. Right. Introverted. Totally. Yeah, that is an interesting thing. And very different than someone who's not a creative, mm-hmm. who's more of the type A. Like they actually 
I think are okay with not having a relationship. It's just like, hey, let's just execute this plan. Yeah. <laughs> business is business. Let's get it done. Totally. You know, some people are going to get like scrapes and bruises, but yeah. we move on. Yeah. And you do have to kind of treat creatives differently. Mm-hmm. And what's hard about a creative in a church is when you're a creative in a church, you kind of have to be able to handle both worlds. Right. Because you can't just be completely in the clouds. Like you do have to have yeah. some sort of organization. Yeah. Like to keep your job. <laughs> totally. And to keep it going. But you also can't be all that. You yeah. also need to have a creative sense. A little bedside manner. And I think that's probably, yeah, totally. And I think that's probably why a lot of churches struggle. I feel like I'm hearing a lot recently of, of worship leaders just sticking around for two years and they're out. Oh, wow. Like revolving door in a way. And I wonder if it comes down to maybe senior pastors not knowing how to lead a creative team hmm. or a creative person. And I'm not picking on senior pastors here, but I mean like just right. whoever is the boss of a creative person. Yep. She seems to be exceptionally intelligent with regards to what you talked about, like interested in the creative piece and the ministry piece. Like she had that piece about, we're not just going to figure out what the, I guess, branding for lack of a better term of this next series is going to be. We need to figure out, okay, we want people to engage with the Holy Spirit more. So then how do we reflect that creatively? That is like, I mean, whatever the opposite of kryptonite is for Superman, what's the thing that makes him super powerful? Do you remember? It's like those stones or whatever. For a creative to approach them with that kind of heady, cerebral, 30,000 foot view is like, I mean, it's like blood in the water for sharks. It's like, yes, let me, because it's like engaging. It reminds me of Val and I worked on scoring the Terrence Malick film depending on when this airs, has either come out or is coming out. And he is like a master collaborator because he he comes and he's not just like, okay, I need um, some kind of soft contemplative music for this three minutes. Now go ahead. He's like, now we're trying to understand the inner life of somebody who doesn't want to be in prison, but knows that they must be in prison because goodness calls for it. It's like, it's a very Whoa. beautiful, like, oh my gosh. It just... For someone like me, it just brings out all my, Yeah, I just, I, I want to work hard more. It it just makes me want to go. That's fascinating. Totally. Rather than. Let's think of the cool next idea. Totally. Totally. It's, what are we trying to, what picture are we trying to paint with this? Yeah. Yeah. What's the or What are we trying to get across? Yeah. With this that's right. So for someone Ooh. like me, it seems like she she was just kind of speaking my language in terms of even the way she talked about the, you need an executor, you need a visionary collaborator and a genius. I don't even know what she means by that, but I'm already in. Like, yeah. I'm already like, okay, which one am I? How can I find those other people? Yeah. I definitely want to dive deeper into that because you do need, and that kind of ties into what she was saying before that, which was talking about, we've all been in these creative meetings that have like 20 people, 30 people in it. Right. And it's like, all right, throw out your idea and we're going to put it up on the board. And you get a million ideas. Yeah. And a lot of them are really good, but you can't possibly tackle all of them. Right. And so then people start feeling left out, like, oh, totally. my idea wasn't used. or, And it almost feels like a waste of time, really. Kind of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> one, one of my good friends was, in a, was at a conference in Nashville and they wanted to do like a co-write at that conference down there in Nashville. And there was like 30 people on this co-write, literally sitting 30 people in a circle, all had guitars for one song. For one song. Oh my And gosh. sometimes it kind of feels like that. Like, wow. okay, what's what's going to be the, you know, for some, sometimes the, the majority bringing everybody in, like she's, it is good. But sometimes it's like, just get, just get five people. Get yeah. Them. That's fascinating. 
And some people only have five people, and they're yeah. like, I would love more people. Yeah. So it is kind of a privilege to even be able to err in that way. But and I think thing, she, she kind of hinted at that idea of like the yeah, decisions, yeah, yeah. like the decisions from these meetings are made by like a small number of people mm-hmm. in a meeting after the meeting. Right, exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? That's what's happening anyways. Like you, yeah. if you do a meeting with 30 people, yeah, all the decisions are really being made in another in another room yeah. with like five people. Totally. I know, I know that the Enneagram is almost like at the point of oversaturation right now, but I do think that if, if that's something that teams can utilize in a positive way, it seems to me it has the potential to be very useful in work environments, just understanding maybe different motivations from different people. Mm-hmm. And at the, very least, at the very least, it creates like a dialogue and conversation for people to understand one another, even outside of work, yep. which I think is you know, part helpful. It's like when you're in an environment where you're having to collaborate with somebody, yeah, it just, it requires, I mean, I'm just thinking creatively and musically, but even beyond that, when you're trying to execute something really big, it's like it requires so many things that I think go unspoken, relationally, creatively. That would almost help if you knew their number. When you do a co-write with someone, do you ever talk about Enneagram numbers? I actually, I was actually sitting here with Brandon Heath, like, a month ago and we started talking about the Enneagram at first. Yeah. And it was just wild to think yeah. of how our numbers kind of relate. Right. Would you also say that creatives need to be fed? She was literally talking food, like feed them. And I think about how many churches have I let worship at? You're there all weekend long for like 48 hours and they feed you nothing. Right. There's no food in the green room. Harvest I, does a great job of that. Totally. But like there's some churches that don't do anything. Dude, no, I, it's again, that's one of those things that it makes so much sense when you say it. Yeah. It's just like a hospitality thing. It's sort of like everyone everyone gets happy when somebody brings in food or brings yeah. in coffee or brings in a little snack or brings right. in yeah, it's like a hospitality thing. Valerie's very good at that. Whenever we're doing rehearsals for like band for Christmas tour or something, yeah. she's always like getting snacks and bringing snacks. Man, this is great. Very interesting interview. Mm-hmm. So whether you've got two people on the team, 30 people on the team, all different Enneagram numbers which we should just do a podcast about that sometime. Totally. This is really good stuff of how to actually lead them and how to set everybody up well to come up with creative ideas that are going to ultimately really bless the church. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, Leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.